Welcome back, everyone. This is Eric Ellison with the Digital Education Podcast. And if you've been following uh, this summer, I started doing a short series called Leadership Lessons from Lasso. And it's really based on the show, Ted Lasso, which finished season one and now this last week started season two. Um, but it really is kind of taken with some friends of mine um, who are educators uh, but also love the show, little bits and pieces of wisdom and insight from the show that might be an encouragement for us, even as we finish up our summer and prepare for another school year. So today I'm with Matt Coleman. Matt's just, I mean, he's not far away from me, but far away from me because there's a little bit of a mountain range in between us. But Matt, you're coming from us uh, to us from Watsonville, California. I'm just going to throw it over to you. What was a leadership lesson that you took from, from the, watching that show, Ted Lasso, especially season one? Well, I got to tell you, well, first of all, thanks, Eric, for giving me this opportunity. Um, I think uh, there's a few friends of ours that are probably jealous that we even get time to spend uh, to talk about Ted Lasso. My wife has be begun to think that the way I talk is that Ted Lasso is like, he's real. She's like, this is a show, right? I'm like, no, no, he's real. He's legit. Um, I, I'll tell you, first of all, you know, some of your uh, previous uh, time, like with, with Ben, where he was talking about um, make the work personal. And I think uh, Emily was talking about creating confidence. A lot of this kind of merges, it, it all kind of, it comes together, which I, which I love. And I think when I was thinking through one of the, things that I love about Ted Lasso is he puts people before position thought about that. And, you know, it seems to me that he, he knows what he's going, what everyone in the show or around him is going through and he is aware of what they need. And then he tries as best as he can to meet those needs. So <clears throat> when you sit back and you watch the show a second or third or, or fourth time, there's no doubt that each person he comes across that he knows or they know uh, that he truly cares about them as human beings first and foremost. So that really is what sticks out to me is people before position. And I started thinking about that, um, not necessarily from Tad Lasso's side, but from the other side. And really asking myself that question, when you have a leader that invests in you as a person, first and foremost, what kind of values uh, does that give you in the role that you play where you work at? That was one of the questions, you know, that I would ask myself. And I mean, you want to talk about feeling valued. Ted Lasso, it seems like, you know, it's mind boggling when you kind of sit back and you you know, I, what I try to do now is, is I watch an episode for entertainment purposes. And then the second time, I'll try to sit down and watch it for leadership purposes. And it, it gets draining of everything that Ted Lasso is trying to do to connect all the dots to make this, this coaching gig work or these relationships work. I mean, think about, you know, in season one, some of my best um, moments with Ted where he invests in people first rather than position is the old biscuits for the boss with Rebecca, you know, and come to find out he's, he's actually making those for Rebecca. Right. And then that moment that she, 
he could tell that she was in need of having some sense of security in her life of what she was going through. And so he gives her that little army figure and puts it on her desk and says, hey, this is kind of what I use at times uh, as a line of defense. Um, you go to Higgins, one of, my, one of my best lines in season one is he, Higgins, uh, you know, this fundraiser, they're trying to put this all together and there's no band. I don't know if you remember that episode where there's no band. And he wants Rebecca to succeed and the club to succeed uh, more than the ex-husband. And so he is trying to find this, this band and Higgins comes to him and says, basically, I've got nothing. I, I can't find a band. He knows that in the end, they need to end this thing well. And one of my favorite lines is he looks at Higgins and says, I need a co-pilot. And Higgins looks at him and says, me? <laughs> and he said, I forget the rest. I need the best. And then he brings Higgins with him. And then, you know, the end of the show, it was a great hit. You know, that one man band did a, uh, a great ending. And Higgins, no doubt, walked away from that feeling like he was a part of something bigger than himself. Um, and there's so many, you know, the, the example of the water pressure for the players, uh, how he put the comment box uh, there and everyone thought it was silly. And, you know, when they were in the pub, you know, with his assistant coach and they're, they're pulling out all of these comments, probably 95% of those comments uh, he threw away. But there was that one water pressure for the players. And what happened that next show or later on in that show, there was water, water pressure. And the players felt like that he, that they cared or he cared about them um, and what they had around them. And, you know, and you think about Roy, um, how he, he was, he reminded him when he was dealing with uh, Jamie Tart, right. And how he just, you know, an, an old, old player versus a young player. And he said, Hey, do you remember how you were when you were in your mid twenties? And letting him know that while his play on the field, um, maybe his skill on the field had diminished his physical skill, what he needed from him was his leadership skills. Um, and then, you know, one of my favorite characters is Nate the Great. I mean, you know, when he asked Nate the Great to do that pregame talk, I mean, one, he knew that the players needed, needed that to hear it from somebody else. And he knew that Nate needed that you know, to build that confidence in him. So there's so many things in the show that just, he goes from person to person, relationship to relationship. And it's the work in the relationships, honestly, that I believe is, is a tough thing. So let me dig deep with this uh, on you a little bit, or just go a little deeper here. Cause, cause you talk about, you know, kind of the, the, the person before the position, right. Mm -hmm. And, and, there's an authenticity to, mm. I think, like even in the show, right? Each of those characters, each of those anecdotes are struggling with is like, is this guy real? Um, and and you've led, you've been a coach, you've led coaches, you know, as an athletic director, and you've seen people try to lead, and and they try to do all the same stuff, but there's not the authentic care of the person on the other side so the the, mm. the thing is like oh this person's doing great things for me but they don't really care right whereas like these people are being like can, can this guy be real mm. right um like if you're dealing with a coach or even if you're in leadership like how do you 
how do you dig deep into that place where this is not manipulative or this is not just doing these tasks, trying to get a certain result, but this is truly the person. And I care about these people or this person before I do care about the position. Like, how do you even untangle that a little bit? Have you thought of that? Yeah. And and you know what, to be honest with you, sometimes that's really easy to do. And sometimes it is not. I, I remember talking with uh, even a coach uh, a couple of weeks ago and uh, talking about this up- upcoming school year and, and um, telling them, how, you know, let's get the coaching staff together and uh, let's just, you know, after a practice or after a game, let's just go to a local establishment and, and, just, and just relax and unwind. And we were talking about kind of the hurdles that even I would have to go through of saying, yeah, but this is the athletic director with us, you know, afterwards, but it's, what I found is that it has to be consistent because if you do a one and done, or you just go in, you try to, you know, give somebody a Starbucks card or go out and, you know, for a meal with them and then you're done and you move on to the next thing. If it's not consistent, I think that's what people have to see is the consistency. Cause you're right. There is going to be that period of time, the very beginning where it's going to feel a little bit uncomfortable and awkward because, Oh, this is, this is the guy that, that leads us, or this is our boss, or this is the guy that decides if we coach that next season or not. Um, so you have to be consistent. If you do a one and done, <clears throat> that's the wrong mentality. You have. You, you've got to build community over a period of time and show them that you really do care about them uh, as a person first and foremost. And so that can even go down to, you know, if they're, they're, children are sick uh, is, you know, sending their child a, a card um, or um, giving something to their spouse uh, if, if, if they're married, uh, you know, from the athletic program. Um, or just spending quality time and just sitting down and just talking with them outside of the structure of athletics or your school campus. How important is it? Because I think, you know, as you're mentioning, it's something that comes to mind that I think, especially in schools, and, and I wonder about athletics on your side of things, because you've got teams playing all over the place. You've got practice going on here. You've got this going on here. So a lot of times you just become an event manager or a problem solver rather than that leader. But so much of him is he's entering into other people's space. Like you use some of those anecdotes. He's going to the boss's office, right? He's going yeah. into you know, he went and checked out that shower, right, in the locker room. He's spending time in the locker room or he's, you know, drinking Nate's Gatorade at the beginning, right? So, so it is entering people's space, like how, Mm -hmm. like when you think about it from a leadership perspective, whether it be the football coach or the soccer coach or, you know, whoever it might be at your school, basketball in the gym or golf out on the golf course or tennis on the, you know, the courts, how important is for you, and I think about it even as an educator, as, as, as an instructional leader, like we talk about entering into the classroom, but how important it is for you to enter into those spaces and to be in those spaces with, with your people that you're leading? Very, very important. Um, and I think two things come to mind is one is that's really an effective way. And to be quite honest with you, the past year, Um, I haven't done this too much or actually not at all because of COVID. Uh, But before COVID, I was, I was doing this and 
really had a theme of just building community. It was as simple as that. I didn't have three or six points underneath with subtitles and it was just build community. Um, I think you got to bring them into your space and your world first. Uh, so, you know, I, I do have the unique uh, opportunity uh, to live uh, right on campus, you know, at Monte Vista Christian. And, um, and even if we did live off of campus, it wouldn't change the fact that, you know, when you break bread with coaches, one of the best ways to do that is to show them your world and to invite them over to where you live and let them uh, see and introduce and talk with my wife and talk with my older daughter who's in college and my younger daughter who's a sophomore here. Um, let them, you know, walk around uh, as, as we're cooking dinner for them and let them see our family pictures and my bookshelf with books that I have, you know, on there and the projects that I'm trying to complete or that I say I'm gonna promise to complete for my wife, but I never do. <laughs> let them see those unfinished pieces uh, I think you got to bring them into your world first. Uh, but I do think that if you're not able to do that is bringing them into a neutral place. Uh, so not necessarily on school campus or maybe not in their world, but if you do a neutral place, whether it's, you know, just a local establishment um, and you let them feel a little bit more comfortable there, then one day they may feel comfortable and say, hey, why don't you come over for dinner or for brunch? Um, at, at our place. Uh, so I think that's very important, but I think if you can get it to where you invite them into your world first, that's really effective. And it's interesting you talk about COVID and how COVID inhibits so much of this. Mm -hmm. It'll be interesting how important it will be once COVID's over to, I think, put the people first and yeah invite them into your space as they're comfortable. Cause it's really that interesting. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting world we step into. So Matt really appreciate you. Thanks for this. And thanks for giving us like some promptings and giving me even some promptings of like, you know, person before position. And even as we come out of COVID, I think finishing there, it's like, what does that really look like? And what does that really mean to invite people into your space, be invited into their space and to serve them where they're at um, and to lead them. Thanks, Matt. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, Eric. It was a pleasure.